Welcome to the Juncture City Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Martinez. With me in the virtual octagon is... Colby Peterson. Meg Sanders. And John Miles. On today's episode, we're going to be talking more money, more problems in Ogden City with the n- notorious Cho Berka, right? Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, does that work? Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, we're also going to be doing some pinkies up, thumbs down. Uh, there's a few events. No polls, events. though. No polls. We're going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, yeah. But first, what's the hap haps? Kobe, what have you been doing? Yeah, yeah I, uh, I did a couple things this week. I went. Um, so when I bought my car, a bunch of the windows didn't work. So I had to go to the junkyard and like get a bunch of parts to fix it. And so I finally fixed my passenger window this week. Works like the day it rolled off the assembly line in Bavaria. Really? And you fixed it yourself? Yeah, of course I did. What do you think I Wait, did, did they just let you grab stuff from like junkyards? Can I just go to a junkyard and go grab? Like, yeah, old... like you go to pick a part or something. Yeah, you gotta, your model. Yeah, you got to pay a buck to, off it. Yeah, you got to pay a buck to get in. But then, yeah, like you go in there, you take it apart, you get your part. You pay them whatever they want, and then you go home and fix it. That's awesome. I, I've got this weird fear of uh, junkyards because of the Brave, little, brave little Toaster. Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's legit. Yeah, I'll that's never accept it. has got a bad rap in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that's true. Keith I go Cliff. with Brian in the hopes of finding a dead body. And I'm not being funny. I really go to flip things over and possibly find... And be like in the bone collector with the Angelina Jolie and I'll work the scene and then the police won't even need to be called because I solved the murder. I love it. You're and always investigating. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you gotta go to 17th Street, pick a part. That's your that's your spot. <laughs> yeah. 12th Street's not gonna have that, dude. You gotta go to 17th Street. Uh, they're gonna have that. Well, I'm gonna go then. I just like to do a little research. You know, I kinda like so I was I've been out we went out ghost town hunting. That's kind of my thing. And I do always kind of hope that I see a dead body. But so we were down in like uh, Western Utah, down in all the mining. What do they call it? I can't think of it. The Tintic Mining District oh. is what it's called. Anyways, we went Tintic. down there to check out the, yeah, that's what it's called, man. That's where, it's is where it we like... would have had a Wild West, but they were all just kind of sent there by Brigham Young and they were all. Oh, so no, no saloons. So they were more yeah. mild west. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, right yeah, now. you like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, we did that there. But then there's this spot out there where we had a Japanese concentration camp, which was kind of weird. It's just kind of plopped in the middle of all these ghost towns. And what's weird to me, like if you go to Germany, they have their concentration camp, and it's like a place that you go tour. Ours, we dismantled it, sold every piece off to somebody, and like, Made it's sure it's nothing Utah but way. dirt. Like, it's the Utah way. Like it never happened. Kind <laughs> yeah. of. No respect for history in this state. We tear it down and then like decades later go, oh shit, we should have saved that. And so we and put up a plaque. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And so we <laughs> put up a plaque. Or yeah. we build a recreation of it or something uh. to be like, oh, remember that we tore down. <laughs> unless unless it's, unless it's Mormon history, then they keep it. Oh yeah, that's right. Everything that else extra. though? Tear it down. Isn't that yeah. Mormon history? I feel like that is Mormon history. Well, it is kind uh, of. Not really. I don't consider. I don't know, dude, because that's that's FDR, man. That's on him. You leave him out of this. Yeah. You Teddy Roosevelt love it, bastard. Yeah. You leave him <laughs> out of it. TR was his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was mine. 
Nice. What about you, Bang? Well, I was going to try to like be all talk about something important, but I'm not going to. I'm actually going to talk about a discussion we had two or three minutes ago, which was complacent versus placenta. <laughs> now, John brought up if they have the same root word, and we all laughed. I scoffed at him and laughed. I love where this but is But in going. that no, time, I have done the research. It. And yes. placent is a Greek root word, which means flat. So placenta was named after a flat cake that Greece has, and complacent is usually meaning of like an, a flat affect. So they do, in fact, share a root word oh, of but placent. It but it wasn't Latin the way that you thought. No, it's Greek. So that is the haphaps is usually I would think that John has a dick drawn on the side of his face and I would yeah. listen to him. <laughs> but he was right and I learned something new. So bravo. Yeah, thank you. Just another day for me. But thank yep, you. I, I am impressed. Wow, I also am shocked. I don't, I don't want to believe this. I'm, I'm a little, is, I... Look how smug John is right oh, now. Look how I smug feel he so is. Good. Yeah, feel feel so good. And I got to clarify, just for people listening who don't know, I have it's a, a shark drawn on my face that looks barely like a forked dick. <laughs> I thought, I thought you had like shaved your beard weird or something like that. Yeah, I thought you were trying to be the Joker <laughs> on like one side of your face. Oh, that's good. I feel that. like he probably got into that dressing like a lady the other day that he did, and now he's just I'm trying on his own Quarantine is the time to experiment, all right? It's like college. <laughs> oh, right. my god! Oh, God. We're going to have to go further into that with Colby. Right, okay. Yeah. Tell us about yours, Colby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his experimenting in college, I am curious. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing. I really don't. <laughs> oh, that was a letdown. So that's I what I did. That's my hap-haps. That's that was the peak of my week. You wasted it on John. Ugh. That was the peak of my week. Well, I actually had a pretty good week. Pretty eventful week. So after that... Uh, after our last episode, we had Dr. Romo on. I had called Dr. Romo and asked him for some help uh, organizing Latinos, the Latino community in uh, Brigham and Tremont. And I've been busy with that all week. Um, oh, did another podcast in Tremont, nice. which is kind of crazy. Nice. Tremont has a podcast. Whiskey Nights. Whiskey Nights. That's, that's they, what it's called? They're legit. They get like seriously drunk and, and do their podcast. It's pretty awesome. What do they talk about? Nights with a K? Nights with I a K. I want to go to there. Yeah. Do you guys want to, you guys want to go on? Yeah. That crossover yeah, episode. Do it. Crossover episode. That'd be fun. But they don't do any politics. It was mo- It was all like hot takes. And my hot take was I hate Joe Ro- Rogan. Oh. That's yes, I, I had agree to def- with you on that. I had take. to defend that on Whiskey Nights. Hot take. Weird. Women don't like a pinky in their butt. Hot take. Mm. Sorry, Shane. Sorry, Shane. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. You straight go there. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been doing all week. So that's a, that's a good hot take, though, man, because I can't tell you how many people I know that have tried to like start a podcast and do the Joe Rogan thing, and it just doesn't work. And it's like, no, man, like. You can't like. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate. Do I don't hate Joe Rogan. I just am not in love with Joe Rogan like everybody else. Yeah, is. yeah, that's I'm me. I don't hate his show. I'll check it out, but I'm right. not like. I'll, I'll no, listen every once in a while. But that guy, yeah, like sometimes he has like 
all the guests. He he's generally uninformed. There and and I'm just like Joe Rogan. What are you doing? Why are you giving any any airtime to this shit? Yeah. We get the people that we ask for in this country. And at some point we had a complete breakdown that now we get Joe Rogan and we don't have mm-hmm. Oprah anymore. And we don't have Oprah. Joe oh. Rogan is the Oprah of this new generation. No, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan is Oprah for white guys. For yeah. white guys. Yeah. You know, that's... Oprah Oprah hey. had a book club. They're like, no, no, no. Joe Rogan's got mushrooms. You gotta yeah, you gotta you gotta take these these new uh drugs Shroom that he's talking week. about. Yeah. Uh, and then Shit's Creek. I want to. I want to shout out to Shit's Creek. Have you guys ever seen this? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I'm like in the Folded third season. In, David. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the way she, the way the mom talks. Oh man, I gotta start talking like that. Kath. Does it make Catherine you sad? O'Hara? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, her best work is Beetlejuice, though, right? Am I right? No. Or, oh no, or, this is really or good. Or the man. wife. The wife in. Best in show. I was gonna say best in show. But come on, she's the Home Alone mom. Home Alone mom. And right. I don't know if you can beat her as the Home Alone mom. Dude, I best don't in show wife. No. <laughs> Megan, yeah. Megan. You have, I do not. You have know. to, David. <laughs> yeah, David. It's so good. Yes. Uh, hey, wait. Before before we uh, uh, throw this to break, I want to shout out and um, to the folks that. Rated us five stars. Get your friends to rate us five stars on all the uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, review us on Facebook. Exactly, because we got stickers now. Oh, I gave out a bunch of stickers, by the way, on Saturday. That's awesome. Just kind of, you got stickers now. I had a couple of stickers. I didn't give them a lot out, but oh, I'd love to have stickers to pass out to people. I'll bring them tomorrow. Yes. Oh no, rush. Oh please, I'm not going anywhere for days to pass them out to people. But I also am going to be driving and personally hand delivering a sticker to Jeremy Shinoda tomorrow. That is going to go. We're going to live stream that. I'm going to put it on Instagram and yeah. everything, man. It's Boom. going down. But uh, remember, but invite your friends. Invite your friends. Like to us on to Facebook. Add us. Uh, add yourself to the forum. Uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those good things. Yeah, uh, grow, grow, help us grow the community, man. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back. We're going to be talking with uh, Councilwoman Angela Choberka about the uh, obvious question. Ashley Wolfius and the Elements of Real Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at theelementsofrealestate.com or by calling 801 801- Three nine one eight five zero three. Welcome back, JC Peeps, to the Junction City Podcast. It is our pleasure to chat uh, today with Angela Chaburka. She is the chair of the Ogden City Council. Um, what else? What 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 other titles should I should I also mention, Angela? <laughs> um, I, I, you don't have to mention any other titles. That's okay. okay, that's good enough. Yeah, she's she's running the show on the City Council this year, right? You have a is, is the chairship for one term and then or one year and then you. It'll be Bart Blair next, right? Um, well, not necessarily. It's sort of, it's every year we do a vote in the council. So it's, sometimes it kind of seems that way that that might be the lineage. Yeah. But um, anything could happen. Okay, I see. Yeah, so we are happy that you are willing to join us today. We This is sort of a do-over episode because we had tried to get you on in March 
but that was like your episode was just as everything shut down with COVID-19. And so we had to cancel all of it and it just, we had to stop. And as the JC peeps know, we didn't record an episode for a few weeks after that because we had to get figuring out what we were doing and, you know, in our own personal lives, plus getting the show back on the road. So Angela, thanks so much for being willing to chat with us today. We're going to be talking about um, the budget, which can seem like a really mundane and boring thing, um, but it really is kind of this document that shows not only what the city does with your tax dollars, but kind of where the city's priorities lie as well. And so we wanted to talk today a little bit about how that document comes to be because we're right in the middle of that process. And it's a long one. I was surprised. I mean, I didn't really fully understand. I'll be honest, when I first reached out to you, I was like, yeah, is this, isn't this how it works? You, how are you guys doing? And she's like, well, actually, the process is this. And I was like, oh. And so there was this whole document that I found, uh, thanks to Brandon Garside, who's been on the show before as well, who does communication for the Ogden City Council. And he's kind of laid out this nice process. So we were going to be talking about the budget, how it comes to be, and kind of how the JC peeps can influence that process as it goes on over the next about month or so. Um, but first, Angela, I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to the JC peeps and kind of say, uh, talk about how you came to Ogden and how you came to be on the city council. So please tell us a little bit about your story and how you, like I said, came to be an elected official in Ogden. That's a great question, Colby. I, I mean, I think you've known me for a while and I'm probably not the first, kind, the first person you would think that would be a, a politician. But um, yeah, somehow I stepped into this world and I'm trying to navigate it the best way I can. And now I think um, we don't want to say politician as a dirty word because now I'm one of them. So <laughs> I, can't really, um, I can't really do that anymore. But um, yeah, so I've lived in Ogden, I guess it's about 15 years. I can't believe how quickly the time has gone by. My husband got a job at Weber State University in the art department. He's a great and, guy. He's a fantastic yeah, guy. Yeah, I like that guy too. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, when I came, I actually, I was a public school teacher before. And then when I moved to Utah, I ended up teaching in a Montessori school. So I was an elementary school teacher. And I also was adjuncting at Weber State for quite a long time in the English department. And then, um, yeah, I guess uh, right before I decided to run, I uh, was kind of looking at the political landscape and quite overwhelmed at the national um, politics and feeling a little bit like there's nothing I really feel like I can do to impact that, <laughs> right? Like that, that's sure. a really big, complex um, mess. And so, um, yeah, I, I just sort of looked, started looking a little bit more locally what I could do to maybe impact my own community. And when you think about politics, I guess sometimes people don't realize how much local politics actually affects your everyday life. But yes. learning more about it and understanding more, realizing that although obviously national politics is really important, um, huge you know huge things happen there that can impact you. The things that happen at the city council, at the school board level, at different commission levels. Those are the things that actually impact our everyday lives in a way that a lot of people don't understand. And honestly, I didn't understand until I got involved in this process, um, just how things played out and, you know, what really what the role of a city council member is in Ogden City particularly versus Ogden, you know, a, a council member maybe in a smaller city where the, the mayor works for, for the council, right, basically. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really great learning process. And um, I hope that I can make small change in our in our little world. No, that's great. Something that stood out to me. Your district is is I mean, 
kind of small, at least like if you look at Weber County as a whole. I mean, you've got your little pocket of Ogden that elected you, right? But then your impact is like, I'm not even an Ogden city resident, but I watch you in the meetings and I'm like, yeah, all of this affects me. All of this matters to me right now. So, oh, well, I'm, that makes me feel <laughs> good because sometimes, honestly, you're like, is there anything I'm doing here really making any difference at all? Because, I mean, just like everybody does, probably in your everyday jobs and things like that, too, you have really high aspirations about how much change you can make. And then when you get into the reality of the situation, you're like, okay, if I can just change this one little thing, <laughs> maybe we how, we, you know, how yeah. we function in some little way, then I'll feel good about myself, at least for this year, you know, kind of how we were talking <laughs> about um, being in leadership or something. But I appreciate that. And my district, yeah, it's kind of funny. So we have four districts in Ogden, and then we have um, the three at-large seats. And I always tell people, you know, I represent District 1, but I certainly feel like I, I want to represent the whole city as well. But my district does have some special, um, some special needs that I certainly always want to put out there as well. You know, it's quite diverse. Um, it also is really huge because I have a lot of land mass that there's not where – not places where people live. Like I have the, well, the cemetery, I have the whole school district land, I have um, Lauren Park Park, Big T, you know, so I have a lot of um, landscape, but not necessarily where people live too. So it's a big, big plot of land. Yeah, and Ogden City is um, one of the few cities in the county that has a system like this where there are wards, there are areas that you represent, and then there are at large. Most of the city councils in the county uh, have just they're all at large bids. Is that right? I don't think there's another city that has that. I don't know. And I haven't really looked into all of that with other cities. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, They're districts now, Colby. They're districts. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I, that's what I always called it is because like the ward thing was just too easy to confuse with the local culture. So I was like, oh, she represents ward one. It's like, yeah, but it's government. It's not, it's not what you think it is. She's a bishop. It's this other thing, yeah, like, no, 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 it's District 1, man. It's not on my signs, but it was on all my t-shirts, so I have to get those reused somehow. Oh, man, (laughs) you got to get new ones now. Oh, well, progress is progress. (laughs) Well, wonderful, Angela. Uh, We're super glad that you're on the city council now. I I listened to a a bunch of um, meetings in preparation for this conversation today, and uh, I like how you always uh, point out that you are, to this day, the the newest member of the council, even though it's still been three years almost <laughs> since you were elected, still the newest member. Yeah, uh, and I'm still learning. I was just mentioning that when we briefly talked about the budget, right? It's like, this is my third time around and you're, I'm still comprehending all the nuances. Yeah, and so let's let's do talk a little bit about the budget because that's why we're here. I, when I initially reached out to you and invited you to come on and chat about it, you know, I had sort of this high level understanding of cities are struggling right now because of the dip in sales tax, which they had projected in their budgets for last year, and no one saw COVID-19 coming, and so they didn't necessarily anticipate this kind of a drop in revenue. And so in my brain, it was like, oh, the city council comes up with a thing, and they negotiate, and you know, I had this sort of very congressional idea of how the process worked, and it was like, no, 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 that's actually not how it works, and you sort of set me straight. And so I wondered if you would kind of take the JC peeps through that process. How does the budget actually come to be in Ogden City? 
Great, sure. So um, I'm actually going to look at the document to look at the little timeline you were talking about before, just so I can remember myself. So basically, um, I would just have to say the first thing that's happened is um, even during my tenure on the council, um, we've been working toward really um, trying to be a more proactive council so that we can help to really guide that process and, and a more proactive way. I don't know another word to say for it. I'm trying to think of another word, but more proactively, because a lot of times in the past, my understanding was, is that basically the budget just came directly to the city council and then they were just left with it and able to discuss it and then try to propose some changes. But it's really hard to do in such a short period of time because, um, for example, the budget needs to be declared by June 30th by law, by ordinance, you know, from the state level. So, um, you know, this is June 1st tomorrow. So that really only gives us, you know, three weeks to discuss it and really make sure it's out in the open for the public to view and give comments about. So um, we did go through a process a couple years ago where we went through a strategic planning process, which I'm sure you all have heard about, where we um, did a, a survey that was pretty um, pretty well received. I think there was about two to 3,000 responses. Um, there was a lot of focus groups and different things because the council really did want to understand what the priorities of the community members were. And certainly, like I mentioned before, we always talk to some individual constituents or folks, but we really don't get the broader spectrum necessarily. You get people to, talking to you maybe when they're upset or when they're happy about something very rarely, but <laughs> every once in a while when they're happy, but we don't really get the, the large perspective. So that's really what the strategic plan process was about. So that was a way that we could get proactive and like tell the administration what our priorities really were based on feedback from the public. So that document is available on our our website too. So the priorities that came out of there were economic development, community safety, recreation, city image and appearance. And then we always as a council put employee um, morale and retention at the very top of our list because um, obviously that's a huge part of the budget is paying the salaries and providing the services that the city does. And we really valued those employees and want to make sure that they are taken care of the best way possible. Um, so we were able to, um, last year when uh, Ben Nadolski was the chair, he was actually able to present to the mayor and the community um, what our priorities were based on the strategic plan and say, this is what we're going to be looking for within the budget. And these are the things that we want to have prioritized and to have a baseline measure for, and then we want to be able to report back to the community to tell them how we're doing on those particular items. So there's a whole list of um, initiatives or ideas of things that we could do under each of those categories. So this year, um, the mayor and the administration were able to um, not only you know provide us a budget like they would in the past, but they actually also identified within that budget the items that were in alignment with those strategic directives, which I really appreciated them doing that, especially since I think they said they had to revise budget about four times because of the COVID issue. I mean, they started their meetings, I think, in January, where they meet with each of the departments and kind of talk through what their their priorities are and what they're going to be trying to do. And keeping in mind, um, in my understanding, right, this year we were very excited because the economy was doing really great. Um, we also were having the BDO expires. We have some extra revenues coming back to the city. We had also a salary study that was in process that we haven't gotten the results for yet because that was put on hold. But we were really thinking that we'd be able to look at the salaries of the staff members in the city 
and benchmark them with uh, those in similar cities across the, you know, the geographies so that we can see and make sure that we're paying people what we should so we can have better retention because that's a huge problem in municipal governments right now, not only in public safety, but also in all these other areas like planning and, and other kinds of directors that are really, they're able to shop around for much better jobs <laughs> because they have a lot of skills. So, um, yeah, and that actually came up in uh, the last work session, right? Um, uh, yeah, I think it was um, municipal services. So my state senator, Greg Buxton, works for the city. And uh, he yeah. mentioned that he had lost an analyst to uh, a bank because they were able to go out and get a better mm -hmm. job that way. And so, you know, you have to compete with some of those private sector markets or employers as well. Yeah, and that costs us money. I mean, certainly we care about the employee, but also it just costs you lose, you know, sort of their, their knowledge of their job. You have to retrain someone. Every time an organization loses a staff member, they lose a certain amount of money because they have to replace them and make up for the time and, and train a new person into that position. And obviously you want to be more competitive in the job market too, since it really is a job seekers market or it was <laughs> at that time, but it still needs really high, highly skilled professions. I think it's still going to remain that way because, um, you know, people only have the skills and the experience that they have and they're able to shop them around a little bit to these other places. So anyway, getting back to the budget process, <laughs> um, well, we're, you know, presented with the budget. Does somebody have a question? Well, I do have one. I don't know yeah. if this is the right time, but I'm curious. You guys have been talking lately about the money you got for COVID relief. And um, does the, does that, is that in the budget or is that separate from the budget? Is my question. Um, I do not think it's in the budget right now. And my understanding is, is that we aren't really clear yet exactly what that will look like. I think, you know, um, I work for a hospital system too. And so um, sometimes those funds, they might come directly to the state and then they get distributed or there might be different mechanisms for how they get given out. So I know um, in my, I'll just talk about my day job. We're like tracking hours that are COVID related. We're, you know, talking about if you're redeployed to some other area because of COVID. And obviously I'm in the city, they'll probably be, you know, providing additional PPE and like those kinds of supplies. I know that they were talking about that this week. So there's different kinds of costs and things that some of those funds can go for, but I'm not sure that at the municipal level, we're totally clear yet exactly how that those funds come in or how it applies because i know you know there was some funds that were given to certain counties of a certain size you know but our county was not one of that you know so it's kind of complicated knowing exactly how how much money and where that money is able to go i see yeah 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 so it's not really in there yet so angela i mean uh like we said the uh the, the budget's process you know begins long before the mayor begins uh, and comes to the council and presents the the i guess what i would call the tentative budget that he yeah. comes together with it because you all have been chatting with him for a couple of months at least about priorities that you're hearing from constituents but there comes a day when boom he presents to the council and that day was may 5th i think it was single de mayo right I was right. Yeah. So he presented on May 5th and then um, we accept that budget for review. It doesn't mean that we accept it you know, right. and pass it for good. We just accept no. it for review and that's the tentative budget. So then we have these work sessions where each of the different, well, we have the redevelopment agency and the municipal building authority as well. And those have separate budgets. So they also present. 
and there's public hearings that are happening on June 9th for those. Um, so if people are specifically interested in those budgets, um, that's the time that they'd be able to speak actually out loud in the um, Zoom meeting about that. But in the meanwhile, they can definitely um, email us or fill out the form online or give us a call to give any comments about those. I have not received any comments about those yet. Okay. Um, but then through the work sessions we've been having, you guys were mentioning um, last, I think last week or mm -hmm. let's see, the general budget. Let's see. So I'm looking back. So in the last uh, couple of weeks, we've heard from different departments, for example, like community economic development, the fire department, medical, etc. And then now um, up to last week, we heard from um, the employee groups and talked a little bit more about the salary schedule. So we kind of break it up into these little bits so that we can hear from different um, bodies, I guess, and departments in the city. And then we can ask those staff members direct questions. I think that's one thing that is something that I've learned and that I always am communicating with constituents about. In our form of government, it's not really appropriate for council members to go ask city staff members questions directly. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of weird, right? Like, so I wouldn't call, um, you know, somebody in the planning department and ask them questions about their budget or something just in my private time. That would not be appropriate because um, they they would be put in a very challenging situation because they don't really work for me; they work for the mayor, and it makes it just kind of uncomfortable. So that's one of the first things I had to learn as a council member is that we have these channels where it's appropriate to talk to staff members about their job or about things related to the budget or, or, you know, things like that. Obviously, if I'm a constituent and I have a problem and I need to go to planning, I, I could go do that. But anything that's job related, it really is not appropriate for me to have a conversation. So that's why you always see those in the work session or in a public meeting of some sort. Um, it's just not something that we do. But, but you don't really have that kind of staff that you can lean on as a council, right? There's not really... Anyone? Our staff members, yeah, our staff members can definitely communicate with them and find out and get information that's a little bit more appropriate because they're sort of more on the same level. I, um, I got you. It's kind of like, I don't know, another analogy to give it. It's like if like the CEO came down and started talking to a person <laughs> on, the, on the other level and it would just make them feel uncomfortable and it, you know, I think it would just make their superiors maybe feel uncomfortable too. I see. I, can you guys hear me? Yeah, Meg, we can hear you. Okay, I have just a follow-up question to that. Um, do you go through some kind of training or, or something that lets you know the do's and don'ts and what's okay to ask uh, as a council member, or do you come in cold and, you know, baptism by fire? Um, I, well, I got my training. It was kind of awkward because I was the only new council member, um, and so it's kind of like they're just sitting here giving me information. It is my council staff that would give me that training, and obviously the executive director of the council, she's really great at, you know, just making sure she wants to facilitate whatever we'd like to do, but really tell us within the bounds of our roles and responsibilities what that might be, and sometimes as council members, you know, we, we might push the limit a little bit. And she tries to help us um, understand that because, you know, it depends. I think it depends on if you want to um, have productive um, relations with certain members of the administration or with their departments. And um, if you start to um, kind of break those unwritten rules in a way, then it might be challenging for you to um, make anything happen, right? <laughs> so it's, it's a fine balance. Well, I definitely not to put you on a spot, but I mean, 
in a way, Angel Castillo broke rules of the planning commission by going ahead and proposing uh, the possibility of changing the budget or putting the Marshall White Center uh, more yeah, of the forefront. Under, that Any buttons on the council? Um, well, it certainly is um, still under debate what parts of that were appropriate or not, <laughs> right? So a lot of lots of people have different opinions about that. I mean, you may have heard lawyer Mark Chapford sort of not very clearly try to say what was appropriate within those bounds or not, you know, which right. is kind of frustrating because um, you certainly, that's one thing that's kind of challenging as a council member too, is to realize that there's all these legal um, parameters that maybe you didn't understand before you stepped into the position that once you're representing the city, then you have to think about um, the health and the uh, kind of the financial well-being of the city as well. And so then you have to think about sort of the legal positions you're putting the city in. So, um, yeah, so I think that those things are under debate. It's almost like um, in any other situation where um, someone might, you know, read sort of how things are written in ordinance or something and then say, well, I'm not sure if that's what it really means. I mean, we get into those conversations all the time around things that are very somewhat mundane. We might say like about the size of gravel that somebody's using in their yard. Um, but then there's these other larger issues like you're mentioning where, you know, different people have different understandings of what might be appropriate in that situation. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I would say listening to the work sessions over the past, you know, you, like you said, you break it up into chunks of the budget. So each kind of person, uh, the, the leader of that unit gets to come to the, the council and, and that's kind of the chain of command. That's the way that they communicate. They come and then they speak in the work session. They kind of give like an overview. Like uh, uh, when yeah. Chief, Chief Watt spoke, I didn't even know that we had this drone program in Ogden City. And so, you know, he talked about how that's useful uh, to, to them and how they wanted to grow that. So news to me, they had no idea that that program even existed. And, uh, and so everybody kind of comes, they get to explain their little bit. Uh, county attorney got a little bit of their own in that last one. Um, it is there, there's lots and lots of pieces to that. And so they're each coming and explaining kind of, I guess maybe giving their feedback on the, the tentative budget that the mayor has provided the council. Is that how I understand it? Well, um, I think, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely that, but it's also that um, they have worked with the you know, administration to come up with their proposed budget for their department as well. So we actually, as a council, send a transmittal asking them to present certain aspects and things about their proposed budget and then different questions that we ask too. So this year, for example, we not only had questions like, um, what is your major challenge? You might notice that a lot of them kind of cover the same thing. So we asked them like, what are your major challenges that you have? What are your successes? I mean, yeah, they talk a lot about progress. Yeah. Yeah, I had the question about you know how is COVID nineteen impacting your department or your work, right? So we 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 send a list of questions and an outline so that then they come to report to us and then we can ask questions about it. So um, it's definitely not like we want them to defend what their their budget is, but we do want to understand why their budget was built the way it was and maybe why. They're requesting for a new position or increases or decreases in certain areas in the budget because, um, you know, I was just looking over the whole document again. You know, um, the whole document is about 200 pages long, but, you know, if you look at every single um, sort of bucket of money there is within this city and this kind of uh, accounting that we do. It's very hard for a council member that's a lay person that isn't a, a GAP accountant 
to understand like where's all this money going where's it coming we don't get like a cash on hand or something you know what i mean it's not like we're looking at that and we're really looking at where money has been allocated how it's been spent and then what happens after that right if it's been like overspent or underspent you know they'll have to come to us every time they want to change anything within those buckets to move money from one place to another so whenever you see those budget amendments happening when we're going through our regular um, sessions, then that's when um, they're deciding to move money from one place where we allocated it at the beginning of the year um, to then say, oh no, we're gonna put it in this other bucket instead, or we're gonna put it toward this other project. And sometimes that money to, comes Sorry, to do you have to follow the same enterprise rules? I mean, if you're collecting for a specific enterprise fund and you say moving buckets, do you still have to make sure the money collected for say, uh, you know, public works or, or things like that, that they go storm drain goes to storm drain. Uh, I'm forgetting all yeah. of different enterprises. Like, like the medical services. Yeah. So yeah, you absolutely want to make sure that the, especially in the enterprise funds, there's probably special rules and um, guidelines they have to follow. Um, the, the major issue is that we want them to at least pay for themselves. Right. And that's one of the issues we have with, for example, the golf, um, you know, the golf course, et cetera, or the airport, like those places are really supposed to be paying for themselves. And so that's why we get a lot of um, concern about why we would take money out of the general fund and continue to help support those kinds of efforts. Um, but other things, um, you know, it's just basically like maybe they allocated, uh, I'm just going to say like $500,000 for a particular project, but then they find that they need a little bit more. Then you have to figure out where are you going to take that money from? So is it like set aside from some contingency fund? Is it part of uh, the general fund that, I don't know, they decided not to use and now we're going to move it from there. So it's really about um, obviously within the legal uh, parameters, making sure it gets checked by the council before it gets moved from those different accounts. Does that answer your question? <laughs> Yes, it does. I, and how do you, you know, I'm in North Ogden and we're in the midst of our budget process and I'm very nosy about where all the money is going, especially because they're building a massive amphitheater. And so oh, yeah. I've learned that I say incorrectly. <laughs> Sorry, everyone out there that's like, it's not how you say it. And now I don't even know how I say it. Um, it's all right. We're not joking. But the, Certainly not. How do you let your residents know? I mean, Ogden has a larger population than North Ogden. They also have a larger number of lower economic families that are just working hard to put food on the table. They don't have time to pay attention to the Ogden budget. How do you notify your citizenry where money's going or where it's going to be going? Um. Well, through the budget, the budget process, um, I mean, we hold these sessions that people can listen to. Um, I think uh, we have, you know, just like a podcast kind of format. Well, it was a podcast before. I think it'll just be a Zoom now or something um, where we really tried to put some messaging out to uh, community members about what the budget is and what the process is and how we go about it. Um, I think it's it's really interesting because in the whole time that I've been on the council, not that it's been that long, this is my third time through the budget. The last two times, though, that was when I really had the least um, interest from constituents about what was happening. And I think that's partially from what you're kind of saying, too, is that it's a huge number. It's like $200 million. 
and we have these conversations about these really large chunks of money all the time and sometimes it just almost loses meaning because of the zeros that are behind it so people will um, really just um, they're able to talk about and deal with things that are maybe a little smaller that are like little chunks of it so I know for example um, I think it was last year we were still taking money out of the water enterprise as you kind of mentioned that enterprise account and taking a portion of it for the arts grants. And um, some people just were really, really upset about that. So, and they came to speak to, to it at council. And I think, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I, that's I, gotta I, be dicey. That's gotta be dicey taken from- $20,000, but I could be totally wrong about that number. So I apologize, but, and I'm not saying that $20,000 is nothing, but in the realm of like all the money that we're talking about, it was such a small amount of money, but that it was the thing that people could talk about because they're like, I understand this amount of money and that it's going towards arts and I don't want that to come out of my water fund because I want my water bill to be less, right? <laughs> and so that was something that somebody could talk about. Whereas some of these other things are just, you know, really large and it's a complicated conversation because of the kind of accounting we do. And I certainly hope that we can make it more and more accessible to people to understand that this is, you know, this is what we want you to have input on because it's one of the things that's going to really impact your life. And that's what that strategic plan process was about too, was, you know, trying to make sure that we were checking in with constituents to say what is most important to you. And that one of the highest priority things that people care about are sidewalks and roads, right? So we want to have a baseline for how much we're spending on sidewalks and roads or how much um, mileage of that stuff that we're, we're able to do each year and report back to people that we are making that a priority in the budget and that we will continue to work on it. And this is how much we did this year and this, we're going to keep doing it. Right. So you kind of have to put it in terms of like the things that people see. Water infrastructure is very hard to talk about because people can't see it even though it's one of our major expenses. It is difficult. Uh, another thing I was going to say, Megan, you know, through, through this process, you're asking, like, how do people find this information? Um, when I was trying to find the work sessions, um, I messaged Brandon Garside to say, hey, where, where do I find them? And, and like Angela said, they, they put those on the podcast, or if you want to watch the video, because some of them come with presentations, they're showing slides and stuff. Uh, those are on Facebook. Um, I found them on the Ogden City Council's yeah, Facebook page. Yeah, and I just want, I apologize, I didn't interrupt, but before we were in the COVID situation, our work sessions are not on Facebook. They, you know, and that's something that I think is really interesting. We were talking about before how maybe this format, although we're all really tired of it and it has limitations, there are some other things that are really big advantages because people are able to see and listen into our work sessions from home now. Um, in the past, you could request a recording of it or you had to come down to our workroom, which you know is kind of a little foreboding. It's just like a work table, and then there's only a few chairs in there. So I don't know if people always feel like you should go in there or not. Um, you know, anyway, and just visiting a council meeting can be kind of um, intimidating too. So I think that you know the work sessions are definitely more accessible now than they have been in the past. Well, and I was really going to commend you guys. You know, just last September, I was trying to work with a intern. Uh, to to take notes of your meetings. And at that time you were switching between YouTube and Facebook Live uh, every week. And so even just that made it really difficult for us. But now you guys are, I mean, you're always, uh, your YouTube channel is good, it's consistent. And like like you're saying, you have that podcast. Like I just noticed this really big improvement since 
last year as far as your your communication. So commend you with well, on that. Yeah, thanks Brandon, for that. You know, I mean, in the past, our communications have steadily been getting better and better. And um, in this, uh, actually in this budget, just to highlight that we have a po policy analyst position that we're actually changing to a communication specialist. So then we'll have two communications um, full-time people focused on communications because it is a high priority for us to provide accessibility and to make sure that we're communicating the best we can. Is that person already hired as a policy analyst and they'll be switching? Um, I believe um, I believe it's just an internal change, but don't yeah. quote me on that. Because I, sure. I know that person and she's fantastic. <laughs> we, we were in the master's program together. She's great. So smart move on your part. Um, great. So I wanted to kind of wrap this up. Um, talk, we've talked through kind of the budget process and kind of uh, through the communication, like we said, we you go through the work sessions, we talk about some of these things, um, people are presenting, you know, kind of giving you all feedback. And then um, this coming Tuesday, there will be, um, uh, there, there's a milestone and I'm trying to, I, I need to pull it up here. It's a work yeah. session, another work I can session. And um, the milestone is that on our, um, on our actual public meeting, we will, um, let me just go back. I'm, I'm looking at the same documents you are and I want to make, sure I'm correct. So this week we will be setting the public hearing for the official um, budget and that um, is set right now for June 23rd and that'll be the final um, public hearing and hopefully the council will take action on the budget. Um, and that if we were to be looking at a tax increase um, then we could have an extension on the deadline of June 30th but, but that's not under consideration this year and I don't believe the mayor hasn't proposed that, and I don't believe the council will be proposing that we would go through a tax increase or a tax, um, considering a tax increase, because um, that's a whole nother kind of noticing. So we have an extension of time if we were to do that. And um, we also have on the agenda this week that we will accept the, pub, the tentative budget, which I know it's all this lingo, right, is also kind of a barrier. Um, so that means it's not the final, final budget, it's just a tentative budget, but people can have the opportunity to speak in the public hearing on our Zoom meeting. So if there's anybody that has comments, or you can um, submit comments through the form or calling the city council office, and that'll be part of the, the actual packet for the work session as well. Yeah, so the way I understood the tentative budget, and I think that we'll get a little bit more of this next week in our conversation about the state and how the state sets its budget. From what I understand, the tentative budget is sort of like um, like the kid who puts his finger in the dam, right? Like that just kind of keeps things running. It's just temporary, though, while the, the council and administration figure out the final budget. And, you know, that process may take longer so that they're, the city can run based on this document until the final document is approved. And then that's that supersedes it. Right, because we're running on the fiscal year. So July 1st, right, will be the beginning of next year. So, that's, you know, obviously payroll, all those kinds of things need to keep moving, like you're saying. And we, unless there was some major <laughs> change that we were going to make. And I think, um, you know, we'll definitely have some discussions in the work session uh, this week about some of those things that were mentioned last week um, from some of the employee groups. So the the general staff at the council, I mean, at the city, sorry, does not have like a, a spokesperson, I mean, beyond human resources or something like, but the, the, the safety, the public safety officers do because they have, um, I'm trying to think if they're unions, I can't think of the proper term, but 
they have their fraternal orders. So they have in the police and in the fire, they have um, their representatives. So they came and presented to us. And in one of those cases, um, they mentioned uh, proposing maybe a 1%. Um, well, they were calling it a merit increase um, because in the public safety realm, they are on a, a 4% increase kind of step plan for their salaries. So I'm trying to speak as plainly as I can. I know these little jargony things get confusing. Um, but it's like in the private sector, you might get a cost of living increase each year, and you might also get a merit increase, one or the other or both. Um, and this year, there's no increases at all proposed for any um, staff members at the city. And so um, we certainly have talked to the mayor administration about that decision. Obviously, um, with the COVID situation and with our overall budget being reduced so much, not knowing exactly how much uh, the COVID situation is going to impact the budget, we understand why they might be conservative. Um, but I think several council members are concerned because if you don't even get a cost of living increase, that kind of means you're going backwards, right? I mean, if the economy <laughs> does rev back up, then you haven't even kept pace with what you should for the, the upcoming year. And as I mentioned before, the employees are very high on our priority list. So I know that it'll be part of our conversation this week. Yeah. Um, I, I wanna I wanna come back to that because I think that it was the most interesting part of that entire conversation from the 22nd, right? Was that or was it yeah, yeah. Well, actually it got pushed to the 28th that but so then uh, there are a couple it is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so then uh, June 9th is when um, you will set the conversation for, uh, this is when the tentative budget will, that's when that discussion will take place. And then June 23rd is kind of the big goal of, this is when the final budget will, you know, be discussed and, you know, we'll figure out what to do from that point. And that's kind of the end of the process, if it were to play out as planned, is that correct? That's correct, but that doesn't mean, you know, as I mentioned before, that especially with, um, you know, various things um, coming, you know, we don't even understand yet what the sales tax, for example, will be, um, you know, what we have gained from sales tax, um, because it's several months behind. So we won't know if the, the proposed budget with just the, you know, 6% decrease um, uh, in receiving those funds is even going to be correct. So we might have to come back and make some adjustments as we go along. Hopefully we'd be making some adjust adjustments as the economy continues to get better. Um, but it could be for the negative too. We don't know. Yeah. So um, my, the last question I wanted to ask um, Angela was, like you said, you're, you're getting some feedback. And um, one of the most interesting parts of that conversation from the 28th was this particular question about pay for um, particularly the officers, but I think fire was also part of that. They have this kind of, like you said, a step program where it's like every year 4% and it's, it's sort of based on years of service. Right. And so it's like mm -hmm. you go up and it's like a, it's a, the way I understood it when they explained it was like, this is how they recruit folks to say, here's your career path. This is how it right. works if you stay in Ogden City, because we've talked on the show before, especially during uh, the campaign season last year, during municipals, about recruiting police officers, especially in Ogden City, and how other counties and cities have been able to recruit folks away because of the amount that they can pay. And so that map sort of gives people some, um, it gives them some assurance. Um, but with the economic situation right now, uh, 
you know, they, they proposed, well, the mayor proposed uh, a no cola for this year in his um, initial budget from the fifth. But then they came in and said, well, we'd like to propose 1% increase with potentially a uh, review quarterly, I think is what he said. Wasn't that right? Yeah. yeah and so so it's way up to 4%. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, how does that, how does that play out in the budget as you all kind of work through this process? You're getting this feedback. Obviously that's a priority. Like you've said, you want to make sure that we're keeping folks happy and that they want to continue to work in Ogden city that we're retaining folks because it's expensive to lose people, especially when you're training them, sending them to the police Academy. How does that um, affect you all's decisions and what you can do to kind of negotiate the budget and make changes? How does that work? Well, um, as I said, I think those will be conversations. We definitely have conversations just between the council members or between, um, you know, our staff members just to think about how we might propose that. You know, we certainly have asked how much it costs um, to give, you know, 4% raise across the board, 2% raise across the board so that we can see what those numbers look like and to make some of those considerations around. Um, I know that some um, cities across the state are doing a no raise right now, but in um, six months, when they look at the economic situation, they'll talk about doing an increase then. So it, there could be um, any myriad of ways that we could think about doing it if we were to consider doing some kind of raise in the next year. Okay. And so is that a negotiation that takes place between the council and administration? They kind of come up with, um, I guess, a deal of sorts to say, well, let's do it this way. And everyone kind of agrees, yeah, that's the way to go. And that's kind of what gets put into the final budget proposal. Well, I think, you know, it depends. It can definitely be a negotiation or it could just be that someone on the council says, I want to pass this, but I want to include this percentage in there. You know, so it could be... Um, you know, a negotiation as you're kind of talking about, and it, or it could be that someone just says, no, this is what I'd like to propose. And then if a majority of council members agrees, then, you know, it could happen without the administration agreeing. Right? I see. So I think of it as sort of like, a, here's this document. Um, I'd like to make a, somewhat of an amendment on the floor to it and say, right. I'd like to do this. And if, if there's support on the council for that, then it can pass sort of like, um, during the legislative session, the governor has the ability to go in and veto certain lines of the budget that gets passed. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of like the reverse of that, where he's right. saying, yeah, I, and I, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah, and I have not um, asked at this point, but I would assume it would be the same as other kinds of votes too. Is if we only had four people vote for it, then he would be able to veto. But we had two thirds of the council, we had five people vote for it, mm -hmm. then he may not be able to veto it. Sort of I don't know if we're for the budget. We haven't had that problem, you know, that issue come up yet. But that's why we have our staff to ask. <laughs> we can say, uh, okay, what so what? Anyway, proposes this, and so we do that all the time. We might say, can you tell me what this and you know, what the outcome of this certain thing, or what is the procedure if I wanted to do X, Y, and Z? You know, um, so we use them as their expertise. No, absolutely. Um, well, great. Um, so I, I, we always ask like my. Uh my my general question if we're off the budget because i'm just always curious about this uh the the crowds at the the council meetings they kind of seem to be like feast or famine like you will get two people who kind of regularly show up and give you guys feedback about what you're doing or you'll have something that draws out the whole community and you'll have a three-hour meeting of public input and so is can you think of anything that you expected a big public 
outcry or support or something from and and it was just nothing and i mean the budget every year i'm you know i always am surprised when there's not many people involved not that i ever was before i was a council member so i just have to give you that that i i really was not engaged in that way before i got interested in being more involved uh -huh. um but i'm always surprised when there's really no one at any of the budget sessions. And obviously we're in Zoom meetings now, so it's a much different situation. Um, but honestly, that's one of the reasons why we have really, I mean, I don't know when we're gonna go back to chambers for that exact reason, because you don't know when something's gonna happen in the community and then everybody wants to come out to talk to us and we want that to happen. But at this point we can't, um, you know, it'd be very difficult for us to manage a hundred people showing up at the council and then having social distancing and all these things, you know, we, it would be very un, untenable and we would put, be putting a lot of our staff members in danger and mm. et cetera. So we've talked about it extensively and exactly because of those reasons, um, it's very hard to know when we can open back up in the council chambers. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and if I remember right, that budget document says you're working with $181 million. Is that right? Correct. That's, and last that's what year the it was 210 million. Yeah. Wow, that is like insane. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would agree. Like when you think about you're spending that much money of, of taxpayer dollars and you're getting very little community involvement, I can see how that'd be surprising. Yeah. What about the like turnout for Marshall White? Is has that? Are you guys still putting that as a priority? Um. Yeah, we have said that it's a priority, and I believe it's in this week's documents where um, the the mayor and the administration have put that as some of their, their priorities to pay for this year, the design um, CIP project, as well as those uh, facilities upgrades, just the $90,000 for several things that are needed right now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I did so see that. The, yeah, when I was looking over it. So it's going to be, I think, in the work session this week, we'll talk about that. Great. So based on that, I mean, because I did see that there, there was, they, they had proposed money for a potential redesign. Um, but uh, if I understand right, the CIP is for four years. Is that right? Um, so the whole plan, yeah, the whole plan is like, it's basically a document that you hope, I mean, because you can't possibly, well, even in four years, you can't possibly fund all those things. Uh -huh. But it's sort of like a planning ahead kind of document, right? Um, okay. So my understanding, though, is that they plan to start on that right away. We talked okay. to Jay about that when we talked about in the work session. Yeah, because my question was, um, so, the, you know, they engage in that process, they get a design, um, and at, say, administration, you know, they, they agree with the public and they want to move forward in a particular direction, whatever that looks like, with Marshall White, and they choose to go, I mean, they get a design that they like and they want to move on it, but it's not necessarily within the CIP. I mean, is there the ability to, um, when we say CIP, that's the Capital Improvement Project, um, is does our capital improvement plan does that mean that they can move outside of that if they choose to administration can or they just come to you and say this is what we want to do we want to change the plan i think so i mean i don't think there's any law about it in my understanding <laughs> again i'm not a legal person but i think that that's kind of that's part of my issue with it is that i'm still not clear about um how that design plan relates to this rec center conversation that's separate <laughs> the white mca conversation and that's yeah. 
some of my worries is, is I don't want while we're I want to be a part of what's happening during that design plan because I don't want them to be mutually exclusive. I want it to be something that works for the whole community across the board. Um, I don't want the Marshall White to be like a secondary, right? Like Certainly. a side note. <laughs> so I think yeah. So I don't know how that plays out in the big picture. Like so, this design plan is three hundred thousand dollars, but then. If, if this other rec center thing is happening and it's a bond for, you know, $20 million or something, and I just don't know how those things fit yet. Okay. I've got questions about that. Yeah. Because I just wondered um, with that, you know, like I said, if, if the CIP was sort of like, well, it's a done deal and, and you're locked into this thing, or if it was more like what we talked about before, where if we want to move some money out of a different bucket, like they, like they're doing, I think, I think you all are doing that this week, you're going to finalize some proposals for the Ogden Hinkley airport to make some repairs there. We're going to move someone here to do this and sort of move something forward if, if that's if that's a possibility because i think that um then you know the, the public has the ability then to keep showing up for that thing that they want as opposed to you know maybe being told like sorry it, it's not in the plan for the next four years and so there's really nothing we can do but it doesn't matter yeah. you know we, we're not really sure right now but so you said that i can watch the planning session uh live because it's on zoom is that right yeah, you can watch. You just can't participate. Okay, right. um, we, we will ask questions sometimes of petitioners or something if they're there, but um, the general public wouldn't comment during the work session. So that's the only difference right now. It does start at four o'clock, so it's two hours before the public meeting. Mm. Um, and you can see the agenda is on, you know, it's on the same agenda document as the public meeting um, documents. So you can see all the things and you should be able to click on the links for understanding okay. what some of those are but then later i believe that you also have access to all the slide presentations in the um agenda when when brandon sends it out at the end of the night nice right um yeah and one thing i was going to point out is even before COVID 19 you were not allowed to publicly comment in work sessions even if you showed up in person you know that, that was kind of the rules like you there's not a public comment period during work sessions you would save that until you know, that came on the agenda in the, in the city council and then there's public comment and you can comment on Zoom publicly. Do I understand that right? You raise your hand on the Zoom call for uh, the city for council meetings? Hearings. For public hearings, you can yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you can pub, you know, comment on that particular thing that they're discussing because then there has to be a motion anyway. You, That's you okay can. though, because I want to see the work sessions. I would rather hear the counselors talk. I don't really care about public comments. Well, that's kind of, yeah, it's definitely part of, so, I mean, I think that's where um, some people have said that they feel like maybe because of the Zoom format, people may not have more, as much open dialogue, which I find absurd because I'm in a public servant position. I don't, I want the public to hear every word I'm saying, you know, <laughs> I don't get that. Um, I would hope that we're creating culture that people would feel comfortable just voicing their opinion. You know, we are supposed to save what we hear from constituents and try to communicate that. So I would hate that anybody would feel that way because they're on Zoom. Yeah. But I have heard sometimes that people feel like it might um, limit openness or something. We do have a lot of um, side conversations, just one-on-one. -on -one. We can't ever have side conversations that are more than three of us together, but well, you know, we do talk offline um, quite a bit about things too. Well, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. We've been doing the Zoom meetings for North Ogden City Council and it's just been the best thing ever because I literally drink a white claw, maybe two or maybe three. <laughs> 
And the other day during North Ogden City Council meeting, I actually made a comment semi-buzzed and I could never do that before <laughs> when I attended the actual meetings. And I also have to say the chairs would make a fart noise every time you moved. So I no longer have to deal with that anymore by not attending. So what are the positives to being Zoomed versus having public? No, yeah, good. I think there's a lot of positives, honestly. I really do like, I mean, for, for that example in particular, I think it's great for people to see us because sometimes when we're in the public meetings, to be perfectly honest, um, either you have to repeat questions you've already asked the staff three or four times because we not only have the work session where we discuss something once or twice or three times sometimes, we also have sometimes them present publicly to us and then come back and present again when we're getting ready to make a decision. So by that very last decision time, people might come to the, the chambers and we don't ask any questions because we've already asked so many. So they might feel like we're not totally engaged or we haven't really discussed the issue or, you know, have this misconception about um, all that's happened before, not understanding we've had all these different work sessions and conversations that have been going on. Well, that is great. Um, so the action item for the, for this conversation I wrote down in, in the uh, rundown was stay tuned to the budget process in Ogden or your city. Like Meg said, North Ogden City is going through a similar process right now. And so you can uh, reach out to your council members if you have questions or concerns you'd like to raise. They're listening. You know, the tagline of the podcast is all politics are local. And it's true. If you reach out to your city council folks, um, they are well, very, all very politics close. is local. All politics is local. Yeah. So uh, you have the ability to do that. <laughs> um, so Angela, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing uh, kind of a bit about how this process works. I'm sure it's analogous to a lot of other cities in the county as well. And so like I said, even for me, as a person who spends a lot of time paying attention to politics, I was in the dark about how all of this worked. And it's very close to home in terms of the things that the city does and how it affects my day. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And we really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate what you do. Sometimes I see those meetings and I cannot believe how much of your evening you're spending there. So I can't you. either. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. I can just, yeah. You yeah. just we smile do. and say, we're going to look into that. <laughs> we're going to look into that. <laughs> she means yeah. it. I'll back to you on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, Angela, uh, so much. Yeah, so, all right, uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to do uh, Pinkies Up, Thumbs Down, uh, and do a couple of events, so stay tuned, JC Peeps. Hey, JC Peeps, it's Colby, and I want to tell you about our new home, Foley's MMA. Foley's MMA offers classes in boxing, kickboxing, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu for ages 5 to adult. All experience levels are welcome. It's owned and operated by our good friends, Disco Dave and Sana Foley at 31st and Washington Boulevard in downtown Ogden, if you know where it is. It's right next to Kiesel, uh, the Kiesel Services place. So uh, I came to Foley's MMA, uh, gosh, it's been a while ago, and uh, I really wanted to uh, help out in the community. I helped uh, Dave and Sana start a nonprofit that helps kids uh, get in here and uh, get their get uh, learn how to box and those kinds of things and so uh, from there my wife started coming she's been um, almost weekly attendant here at Foley's MMA uh, loves it always loves her gym family and so if you want to be part of that gym family you should come on down too so if you're interested or just curious check them out at foleysmma.com or follow them on social media to learn about 
upcoming classes. They've got a lot of them. Uh, it's a solid gym with good folks and a great place to learn, train, and get in shape. So, oh, the last most important piece, officially approved by John Miles. So check them out. Welcome back. Uh, thanks again to Angela Choberka, uh, councilwoman for Ogden City, coming out and talking to us about how the budget works. And Kobe, always a pleasure. You squeezing in the last like ten questions. So, dude, dude that was great. John that time, man. That was John. John and you know geez. what? The listeners thank me. And you're welcome. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't thank you. You know why? Because they don't hear that shit. Because I gotta cut it out because it's too long. No, you're gonna be editing, and you're gonna be like, "Damn, that's the best part of the interview." Thanks, John. <laughs> and you're gonna come back next week, and it's gonna be the hap haps. It's gonna be the hap haps. <laughs> well, no poll this week uh, uh, for the Junction City Forum, uh, but we do have. Maybe we'll have some polls this week. I saw something. Maybe Meg would like to share. Megan, was that the thing I just commented on? Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't read it, but yeah. Well, okay, I just, I just wondered if people were viewing Colin Kaepernick, 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 Kaepernick. differently now that they've seen he was doing peaceful protesting. If they view that as a better route and wish that they'd given that more respect, or yeah, that's actually good. Uh, if it's still annoying that he kneels during the... How many people do you think have changed their perception of Colin Kaepernick? Do you think that there have been some? Or do you think that there are just more... It's more polarized now, and it doesn't matter. I think the people the people that were against him before, like nothing will change their mind and they'll never apologize. That's kind of where I'm coming from, too. I don't think that that's going to change anybody's mind, but... I, mean, I think it's like changed... people who say... Mental health, mental health when there's a shooting crisis, but then when there's a mental health thing, they forget all about that and they don't want to do anything about it still. I thought that he was just a meathead football player that, I mean, obviously recognizes the issues, but man, was he a man before his time. Yeah. He just knew it was going to get worse and worse. And I think that he was spot on for that. Is he going to get signed? No. No, he's not. (laughs) No. All right. Uh, so yeah, look for that poll on, uh, on the forum. Also add, add your own polls, right? If you got an interesting question, that's, we, I, I love all the polls that I can get, right? Yeah, Yeah, he does. God, why do you make that sound so bad, Kobe? I'm going to put some of my own uh, polls on there now. Thanks. When, when I was off of my, uh, during my time off of Facebook, cause I, I had, I had deleted my Facebook for a while, Kobe. Oh, um, you did. I didn't even notice. There was a point notice. in time where I had to go get my polls somewhere else so where'd you go bbc a lot of a lot of bbc polls grinder (laughs) (laughs) uh moving on pinkies up thumbs down john uh i'm sorry kobe kobe let's go go, let's go with yours first okay uh i i got a couple this week so the first one uh pinkies up to ogden and weber county in general and the organizers of the peaceful protest yesterday Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to that. Um, we were camping in Daggett County, which was a whole other adventure unto itself. Um, but uh, Pinky's up to Ogden. You know, they did a really great job from the stuff that I saw. You know, like it stayed peaceful. Um, there were some some posts. Angel Castillo posted. Malik. Yeah, Malik, Malik did a great job. When people job. were trying to, ra- you know, razzle the crowd. I don't even know if that's a freaking rabble word. Rouse. The rabble, rabble rouse the crowd. There. Malik got on the microphone and was like, nope. 
don't even look at them. Yeah. Don't even give them attention. That's they're not here for what we want to be here for. Yeah. Shut like it down le- quick. Next level, man. So Pinky's up to that, man. Did great job. Yeah, I was sad that I, I was sad that I was out of town and missed that one, but it seems like a lot of people showed up and the message got across. Even people who are Republican, you know, recognized that, you know, it was a peaceful protest and that there was a message to be had. And, you know, I think that maybe that message is starting to come across now. Uh, yeah. because they're seeing the the issue um but i also had a couple of thumbs down uh first one thumbs down to carrie gibson for two reasons number one i don't know if you guys uh nina Moore. well yeah, Sorry, well, yeah he sucks yeah but uh nina Moore <laughs> shared that standard examiner article by tim vandenek in the junction city forum so if you're not in the facebook group junction city forum join it's a great place um about the lawsuit that kathy mckittrick is in with him right now and kind of like what was in the investigation that ogden police department conducted uh about carrie gibson and yeah, because uh, mckittrick's been taking it to the supreme court right to even get the contents released right of what 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 the complaint the report were, because yeah. <clears throat> gibson is claiming that it's all politically motivated blah 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 and then they talked to matt bell and james ebert and they were like no you just did some kind of unethical stuff well, and it was like employee complaints, right? Wasn't that the right. headline this yeah. week? Yeah, yeah they, were, they were employee complaints. Yeah, and now he doesn't want it coming out, so he's going to take it all the way to Supreme Court, and he's going to you know, cry fake news. And it's just like, dude, what a, what a joke, man. Like, I do not want this guy as my representative because, like, he, he wants no accountability whatsoever. Like, great, just what I need, another Trump in my life. It's a joke. Thumbs down to that crap. stupid in that yeah. hat. And he looks stupid he in his hat. He does look stupid in that hat. hat. Stupid hat. Like, but he can't even ride a horse. There are people that I'm like, hey, I'm cool with, but that guy, he can't even, no. That hat looks ridiculous. Well, well another another Stupid. reason that I'm down on Kerry Gibson, too. So, like I said, we went camping in Flaming Gorge in Daggett County this weekend, and Daggett County is in Congressional District 1. So, we are in the same Congressional District as Daggett County, and we have literally nothing in common with that county, but whatever. But uh, the place where we camped... Um, I noticed that there were a lot of, there are, you know, some governor signs out there. There are some Greg Hughes signs. And I, I was driving past one of the signs and I noticed on the back of a Greg Hughes sign, which was staked into the ground, Carrie Gibson's campaign zip tied one of his cheesy little signs to that big Greg Hughes sign. I was like, seriously, man, you can't even spring for your own sign thing to like hold it up. Are you kidding me? Like this guy is an out and out joke, man. So, like, thumbs down to Kerry Gibson. The guy is just, that's two reasons why that guy sucks, man. He's stupid. And then the last one was, um, like we said in the conversation with Angela Chaberka, I was really surprised listening to the Ogden City Council um, meetings. Surprised that the Ogden Airport has been around for, you know, decades. And there was a time from, like, 1995 until recently with this new guy, like, 20 something years almost is that right yeah like almost 25 years there has not been an a general plan that they submitted to the faa the guy said that you're supposed to make those every 10 years and it hasn't been done in 20 something years you mean john griner didn't do his job yeah exactly (laughs) that's why i put thumbs down to john griner for sucking at his job what john griner i mean he's just been canned a few times i would think he would do a great job oh my gosh and i like i was like wow john griner like literally didn't even put together a basic plan and submit it to the government telling him what telling them what they were going to do so that the, the ogden airport would qualify for federal grant money he didn't even do that 
like a basic <laughs> component of his job. Like, what a joke this guy is, man. John Griner and Carrie Gibson are one and the same. I oh think he like gosh. pulls off like his hat, his cowboy hat, and puts on his police uniform hat, and they just—it's the same person. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but, um, so yeah, thumbs down to public servants who don't actually serve or do their job. I'm not down with that, man. Well, I've Good got ones, a Kobe. Go ahead, John. I've got a pinky up to Nina because for most weeks during this uh, quarantine, I've only kind of passively been paying attention to the um, to the case counts in Utah. Um, but Nina has just been posting them every day. Oh yeah, this, that's true. Yeah. This week with um, how crazy they've been, I've been trying to follow them every day. And if you go to the site, like you have to do the math. You have to know how many mm-hmm. there were yesterday and then minus it. I didn't realize Nina was doing Going that Going to look at me. the graphs. Yeah. <clears throat> so thank you, Nina, for doing that math for me every day. But I mean, that's just a small part of it. Also, because she posts that every day, there's always these good conversations on those threads about what the new numbers mean. So thanks for that, Nina. And then I got a a thumbs down that I don't really want to do, but I have to because I ordered some shirts from Stone Mountain Press. If you're watching the video, you can see that Colby's got a kick-ass China Night shirt on right now. That's from Stone Mountain Press. They have some very beautiful shirts. And I ordered three of them, and it's been like two weeks, and they're not here yet, and I'm sad about it. Email them, dude. Email them. They'll respond to you. I did. It was on Friday night, so I haven't heard back, but... Yeah, they actually sent me an email asking me what I thought about my T-shirts, and then there was a button Ooh. that said I haven't received them. Yeah, they oh. opened themselves up for some insult there. Yeah, Ooh. but actually, it's kind of a secret promo. You guys should check out Stone Mountain Press. Their shirts look pretty kick. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, look <laughs> what at what just happened. <laughs> Kobe's Kobe's shirt does look pretty sweet. I oh, wish yeah. it had the 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 fat guy though, the, the guy Buddha, with the belly. Oh, yeah. Dude, I gotta get the one they got. They got a Star Noodle Parlor, the, the Dragon on Twenty Fifth Street. Mm-hmm. I gotta get that one. I got a Swift Building one because I think that's oh. pretty sweet. I told you yeah. guys, I'm gonna submit my Laser Zone stuff to them. Maybe they'll make a Laser Zone because yeah. it's. A, oh, I would buy one of those. Funky we were yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. We I bought one for you know Sheena because she's a Pineview you know girl. So I've never seen a shirt for Pineview Dam, but I just love that. So cool shirts like that. Yeah. So thumbs up to them. V-neck? So pinkies up. Kind of a V-neck. No. I need to have a V-neck. I think they might. Yeah, they have women's shirts. Good. I mean, I didn't say thumbs up to them for existing, but I guess that's what I'm saying. But also pinkies down for I don't have my shirts yet. It's the complete opposite of what it is. Yeah, that is you didn't you messed that whole thing up. Meg, what about you? Um, <laughs> I have a thumbs down for um Two things. Well, first of all, North Ogden City. I know everyone's like, "Oh my God, the North Ogden yeah, well, girl." We but lost half of our audience. Thanks a lot. I'm thumbs sorry. down. Sorry. Thumbs down to Phil Swanson for being red. Oh, don't get me started on Phil. That is my secondary thumbs down. But my first thumbs down is that North Ogden City opened the pool for June first, and I know everybody's like, "Oh, but it's going to be hot and swimming, and Roy's not Roy. opening." But we have some massive numbers going on right now. Yeah, it's spiking, dude. Numbers, numbers and are going they, up. Yes, and they said, we're not going to open it till we're in the green. And then they looked at the numbers. And I don't know if you know that pool makes no money and costs money. And they're just going to ignore that and open the damn pool. And I just think that's stupid. And it's then 
on the wings of that, I have a second thumbs down to my nemesis, Phil Swanson. Yeah. Phil. Yeah, get him. Oh, I can't. I'm trying to not say cusses on the show, but oh, I want to say my classic cuss for Phil Swanson. He took my words out of context. And if you can watch the last city council meeting where he rips Meg Sanders a new bunghole. There's a video? Oh, yeah. He he unleashes on me. Unleashes on Zoom. And he's an honorary little shit that if he doesn't get his way, he's a bully and a tantrum. And I hate you, Phil Swanson. (gasps) Okay. And then I have a. Just fight him. I wish charity. I saw him at the we park with his dogs who were not on leashes. Oh. I was riding with my son. He had two dogs and my cute little boy stops and he says, nice set of twin dogs you got there. Right. Oh, that's what it was. And then what did he that say? That was the punchline. Oh, he said thanks. And then he saw it was me behind him and he goes, is that Meg? Hi, Meg. And I didn't wave. I was, I was cold shoulder to him. I just was like, no. I got I got one for you, pal. Stupid Phil. I see. Yeah. Nice. So my pinkies up goes to myself. Good. My right. How <laughs> <laughs> excited! You guys put me up to this for uh, you know getting people organized in Northern Utah, getting yeah. Latino votes out, and getting people uh, represented. So, kudos to me. Yeah, somewhere Shane is smiling. I know. Because uh, you gave yourself a, a pinkies up. My favorite pinkies up are the ones to us. I don't want to be too controversial, but I'm going to say it. I think the thumbs down goes to the people on Facebook that are just like judging everybody for everything that's going on. I just can't. I just, all the the violence and stuff. The people are, oh, but no violence and peaceful protests and this is not how you do it and I'm just tired of those people on Facebook that are like, this is not what you do. This is not how Martin Luther King would have done it. Oh, so man. I, did you? Yeah, I can't with did, those people. Did you see? Uh, Thumbs down so to all you, them. Did you see some random guys try and they, they tried to like explain freaking Martin Luther King Jr.'s words to his son? <laughs> did you see that? No, or maybe uh, it's his grandson. I don't remember. I think it's his son. But it's just like. The guy's out there tweeting, like, my father believed blah, 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 this. And this guy's all, actually. And it's like, dude, does this guy have a fedora? He's got to have a fedora. This guy have a fedora. Yeah. He's that guy. I just, I I, I don't know. If you're going to loot Target, hey, more power to you, man. If they've been, if you've been living (laughs) with stagnant wages and this is your only way to get back at the man, fuck him. Let's do it, man. Go ahead. Like, I'm not there. I'm not going to judge you. Yeah. That, I'm not sad. I'm not sad, exactly. Uh, that's probably pretty controversial, just saying that. Jesus. Uh, so let's move on. How about that? Um, where do we go to next? Sorry. Couple if of you, events. Uh, don't upcoming rate events. Us five star. Yeah, oh, upcoming yeah, events. events. <laughs> don't rate us five stars. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so let's do events. Events next. Um, so Friday, June 5th. June 5th, the virtual Orton and McKay fundraising dinner for the Weber County Democrats. It's going on from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. This is going to be a Zoom call, correct? Yeah, it's online. It's virtual. Virtual. Um, Yeah, get out and and support the Ogden Dems. 
uh, Weber County Dems. I'm sorry, Weber County Dems. And then right after Saturday, June sixth, is the Weber Dems food drive. Uh, this will be in the parking lot of the D Event Center, and it's going on from nine a.m. to one p.m. And and they did they did something similar to that this weekend, right? Um, I'm trying. To, I I think the Kingmaker did like a food drive or something. Well, yeah. and over uh, Memorial Day, Graham Protzman and Alex McDonald did one. Oh yeah, that that went well. It yeah. did. They had got they had a whole truck of food and socks and towels. I think it was. Yeah. Good on them. Good, good, good. Uh, reaching out to the community, helping them out. Um, we're gonna be doing. No, we're not doing anything. We're not doing a quiz night no, anytime guys... soon. No, and I hope you loved our CD one debate. When <laughs> Yeah, that we didn't have. That we didn't have. Well, dude, it, it, Fucking it was John, just... God damn it! You're you've taken the new uh, Shane spot right there. That's shit. That's something Shane would have said. I'm just speaking the listeners' minds, guys. What are we? What are we not going to this week? <laughs> what are we not going to this? Week? Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, it's like we said at the sure. top of the show. You should like us on Facebook. Share yeah. our page with your friends. Share our videos with your friends. Invite people to like our page. Invite them to join the forum. Um, if you're going to yeah. join the forum, you can add what you you know what's going on local politics. Uh, we got if a you, beautiful if you community. S- yeah, if you want to start a softball league, oh my god, great! Like what? The- I took I took those. What was that shit? I spent like spam. ten minutes trying to figure out how to delete <laughs> posts on our forum, I, and I just oh. gave up. I'm glad you got it, Colby. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, it's, yeah, we got spammed. But that's how open we are. I mean, look—if right. we'll you're part of the forum, well, it'll be up for at least a day before Colby oh, wow. can delete it. <laughs> at least a day. <laughs> at least a day. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, John gets snarky on there. I have a note here that says John gets snarky on there. So know, You say it every week, uh, and it's never <laughs> true, but I like it. Uh, YouTube, uh, you can follow our YouTube page, Junk City Podcast. That's a good Podcast. place to follow us. Patreon. Patreon's a good place to follow us because oh, you can man. give us money there. Meg is yeah. working. Meg's working on stories this week, right, Megan? Yep. Meg dropped off. off the call. But, but if, okay. you, if you donate to us on Patreon, we will thank you on the show. And... You'll get a free sticker. So go to Patreon that we actually have now. Yeah, they're, they're, that's a oh, real man. thing now. I don't. Who's got them? You got a, you got one? I ain't got shit. I don't have one. Dang, I don't have Dan, one in have my one? room. Sorry. I... Dang it. All right, they're real though. You'll see they're it on real. Instagram tomorrow if you follow our stories. Jeremy yeah. Shinoda, it's coming to you, my man. Uh, yeah. Like us. Uh, so rate us. Rate us on all of the all the applications that you listen to us on. Uh, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, right? Yeah. Everywhere you listen, rate us five stars. Give us a like. Give us the whatever, three thumbs up. What? Just the top. A three thumbs up. And like we say every single week, all politics is local. <laughs>